It's time for your favorite closet podcast. Today, I look back on the White Sox 2021 season and tell you how I think the White Sox can build a World Series champion in 2022 on this episode of Locked On Sox. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Socks. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. If you're checking me out for the first time, thank you. And thank you to all of those who make Locked On White Sox your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms like Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Socks. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. For the first time in my hosting career, I will tell you that it is Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. I don't know why. I think it's just been the nervousness and the angst of starting this venture, of hosting this podcast, taking it over for two people that I, I really you know respect a lot in Tanny and Herb. And I've really felt like you know the pressure of making sure I do a good job because they have a lot of listeners. We have a lot of listeners. I'm talking to a lot of you out there. And it means a lot to have this platform right now. And it means a lot to do this. And It means so much that I forgot the date and to tell you that it's Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. On today's show, we will be going through the 2021 White Sox season, and I will give you some things that stand out to me on what they need to fix or what they need to address. And we're going to dive into our first little bit of White Sox therapy. Now, one of the first shows I did on Lockdown White Sox was a fill-in host uh, hosting gig, and it was the All-Star break. I think I've told this story now on every podcast, but this one is a little bit more meaningful and it means you know more on the point that we're going to talk about today. And I filled in back in the All-Star break with Mike Rankin and one of the shows we did on July 16th, we previewed the second half for the White Sox season. At the All-Star break, the White Sox were 54 and 35. There were 73 games left and Mike and I were talking about and mostly joking about you know, can Cleveland catch the White Sox? And I think the Cleveland team needed to win 47 games if the White Sox went 37 and 36, right? I mean, the, the Cleveland team had so much ground to make up. And you look back and, and you see how the White Sox closed out in the second half, and they closed out stronger than a game above 500. They went 39 and 34. I predicted them at the beginning of the season to go 93 and 69. Nice. And the 39-34 catapulted them uh, to that record. And with the Sox, I think that statement of already having the AL Central locked up on September 23rd, I think they were the second team in the MLB to clinch their division, the first being the Brewers, which to I would say for most Sox fans was not a surprise, which Mike and I even mentioned in the podcast saying the expectation for this team was to get healthy with a returning Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert that if this team made the right moves at the deadline, that they could continue their winning ways. I don't think that Rick Hahn would take back his moves at the deadline, and I don't think he should. At the time, I thought they were the right moves. I was glad the White Sox did something. After July 31st, I was happy with what the White Sox did. I think most of you were as well. Rick Hahn right now, I think in November, he's probably not happy with the return and results that Cesar Hernandez and Craig Kimbrell brought to this team, but their stories are technically not done. Cesar Hernandez is done, and we're going to have to see what Connor Pilkington does in Cleveland. Maybe that trade comes back and bite the White, and to bite the White Sox uh, from behind. But 
Craig Kimbrell is still on this team, and he can obviously still make an impact in the 2022 season, but I talked about yesterday, maybe there is the trade for a second baseman that you can use Kimbrell in. Or I had the idea of maybe you go trade Kimbrell to X team and you get prospects from X team because right now you don't have prospects to trade. And then you take those prospects that you get in the Craig Kimbrell trade and then you go and package that up with, let's say, a Jake Berger, let's say a Jared Kelly, um, whoever you would be willing to part with in the White Sox farm system and you go and get a bigger fish out there. I, I thought Aaron Nola and I surmised Aaron Nola on yesterday's episode. I think this team can still make the right moves to build themselves into a contender. And I don't think that's lost from when I was examining them at the second half of this season. This team, when healthy, was a phenomenal show to watch. I mean, when Eloy, Yasmani, Jose, Yoan, Tim, Luis, all in the lineup, I mean, this this offense was exploding. I, it, it felt like they were scoring eight runs every single game. And I come away from looking at the terrifying August stretch that they had in the second half from August 12th to the 26th, where they played the Yankees. There was the beloved corn game uh, in that stretch. The A's uh, series at home, where the ugly Chris Bassett injury happened. The Rays game, where Tim Anderson had his moment in the ninth inning. And the Blue Jays series, where the White Sox split, and it was kind of forgettable. But the team went 7-7 seven and seven versus four teams that are above 500. Three of those teams made it into the playoffs. And I look back at that, and I, I just think that the narrative that the White Sox can't beat teams or good teams, and specifically teams above 500, it's just a thin narrative. Because you can look at the playoff teams that had losing records against teams above 500, and it was the White Sox, the Brewers, and the World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. So it doesn't really matter about what you do against good teams in the regular season. It's about beating those good teams in the postseason. And I think Lucas Giolito hit a point when he was on 670 to score with Cody Decker and Chris Ranji the week of Thanksgiving when he mentioned that the White Sox, quote, needed to be ready to make the adjustments when necessary especially when it comes to the little things people don't see, like tipping pitches and stealing signs. Nothing nefarious. And that was in a response to how can this team be more prepared? And he said, as an organization, players, coaches, front office, we could be more prepared and ready to make the adjustments when necessary, especially little things like tipping pitches and stealing signs. And I think really the thing that he's trying to say is the White Sox have a good vibe. We know that the White Sox clubhouse is great. We know that they get along. We know that they vibe together. We know that when everything is clicking, they're great. But I think there's something to them that, you know, even though when they're all clicking, it just seems like a a light show. But have we ever felt this team, and I, I don't have any specific examples right now, but where this team is exploding offensively and you're getting a shutout and you're getting a a, a dominant Lucas Giolito performance. I really think that looking at, you know, this 2021 team, the perfect blend of this team is between 2020 and 2021. They need to merge the offense of 2020 and the defense of 2020 with the pitching that they got in 2021. I'd like to talk more about the power struggles in 2021 
and about the defense for the White Sox in 2022 next here on Locked on Sox. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website at betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Shout out to Frank Minichino, you know, after the home run. We all know this. It's not all about the home run. Shout out Frank Minichino. Hello, I'm Sean Anderson from Locked on Sox. Live on the scene, we go now to White Sox hitting coach Frank Minichino with an urgent phone call. Yeah, Frank Minichino over here. Still got a job. Just uh, one question for you, Eric, Sean. Uh, do you dig the home run? I'll hang up and listen. So uh good buddy old pal here, Frankie Minichino, is asking me if I dig the home run. And I do dig the home run, Frank. I don't know your issue with it. F*** the home run. It was the biggest issue I had with the White Sox in 2021. The power outage caused by Frank Minichino. Now, I don't know if it's caused by Frank Minichino. You look at 2020 and it does seem kind of, nef- not nefarious, elusive. It seems elusive. It seems like the White Sox really caught lightning in a bottle with their home run production in 2020. I don't think they can rely on it. However, I do think they can improve it. I do think that they can add talent to this team to possibly replicate 2020. Because if they are able to replicate 2020 and are able to take the Ethan Katz pitching God mindset into every single game and they're able to take all of the codified data and and pitch like they did in 2021, this White Sox team can win a World Series. And it's why I was up all night last night thinking about Kyle Schwarber, thinking about Kyle Schwarber in a White Sox uniform, hitting home runs out into right field and guaranteed right field. So much that we need to go to White Sox therapy. White Sox therapy is coming up in the next segment, but let's get into the 2021 power outage here on Lockdown Sox. Again, we all know 2020, the White Sox were first in the AL in home runs. They were third in the MLB. And when we talked about this in July with Mike on Lockdown Sox, filling in for Tanny and Herb, Mike emphasized the White Sox getting on base. And they continued to get on base. And they were one of the top teams in the MLB in 2021 on getting on base. But I look at 2020 compared to 2021, and I know it's not binary, but in 2020, the Sox have a first-round exit. In 2021, the Sox have a first-round exit. You look at the offensive strategies and where it got them, the Sox were a better on-base team and getting on base they're a better team at getting on base in 2021 in 2020 their slugging was zapped and I think you look at both of those I'd rather take the 2020 team the 2020 team didn't have the pitching of the 2021 team how you win today in the MLB is by slugging hitting home runs has always been important in baseball but now more than ever we know that it's more important and that's the thing with this White Sox team We need the home run power to come back. In 2020, 21.3.8 at-bats per home run for the White Sox. So every basically 21 and a half 
at-bats, the White Sox were hitting home runs. That was sixth in the MLB. In 2021, about 28 and a half at-bats per home run. That's 19th in the MLB. So again, the White Sox in 2020, about every one in 21 and a half at-bats, they were hitting a home run. In 2021, every one in 28 and a half at-bats, they were hitting a home run. You just do the math and, and you understand that it's not exactly, you know, every 21 guys that there's going to be a home run, but 21 at-bats per home run, you just are moving up that home run sooner and sooner. And it just leads to more and more games where you get two home runs or more. And Jay Cutta is great on Twitter, at Jay Cutta, J-A-Y-C-U-D-A. This was something he was hitting a lot during the season was the White Sox record when they hit two home runs or more. In 2020, they went 22-3. and three. Hello, it's me, Sean from Christmas Past, here to tell you that I was wrong. They were 21 and 4 in 2020 when hitting two home runs or more. Jay's info was right. I was wrong. It's about 40% of their games. In 2021, they went 43 and 6. It's about 30% of their games. The win percentages are basically identical. In 2020, they won 22 of 25 games where they hit two or more home runs. It's about 88%. In 2021, they won 43 of 49 games. It's about 87%. The issue is the volume, right? In 2020, we played a 60-game season, so nearly half of the games the White Sox played in 2020, they were hitting two or more home runs. And while I, I know the ground ball percent for the White Sox is something that fans and even I have harped on throughout the offseason, but you look at 2019, they were a top 10 team in ground ball percentage. In 2020, they were in the top five of ground ball percent. I mean, 2021, they were in the top five of ground ball percent. And as much as I know people don't like Frank Minichino, you still have to give credit for, to this team because they did improve their ability to get on base. That is something that did improve for the White Sox, and they became really good at that. And something that they need to focus on this offseason is, I think, adding talent with the right batted ball profile. And that's why I harped on that a lot yesterday in the mailbag, talking about Jed Lowry and talking about Gene Segura and talking about Kyle Schwarber, is that I, I don't think organizationally the White Sox and Frank Minichino are telling guys to just nail the ball into the ground. Adjustments need to be made. And one of the adjustments I've saw uh, over the past season was the Kyle Schwarber thing of putting a ball on the tee and elevating your swing path. And, and that led to, uh, when he said this, led to the streak that he went on, 16 home runs in 18 games. And I think the White Sox need to work and, and, and focus on techniques and, and make sure that the guys that are out there like Yohan Mankata and Jose Abreu and, and Yasmani Grandal are maximizing and making their swings so efficient to where they are trying to curve that ground ball rate themselves. You need to bring players in with talent, and that's how this offense is going to be fixed. Frank Minichino, I think, is doing a fine job as the hitting coach. Uh, you know, do things need to be fixed? Absolutely. Every team needs fixing. The Dodgers seem like a per perfect organization, but again, they've only had one World Series title since 2010. 
even the organizations that seem to do everything right, finding success in baseball is very hard. And the White Sox will need to luck into it, but they also need to put themselves into a position where they're adding the talent that teams like the Dodgers seem to always be adding. And you know, budget restraints are, are, are something in their own discussion, but I look at the White Sox and I think the keys to success are there. The talent is there. The power is there on this team. Jose Abreu has shown that he can hit 30 home runs. Tim Anderson, for a shortstop, has tremendous power. I think Yohan Moncada is capable of hitting 25 home runs. And I know that that might sound crazy with how much he struggled last year against the fastball and how much he struggled to hit the home run in 2021. But unless he's massively affected by the COVID bout that he had in 2020, he was able to do it in the 2019 season. He had 25 home runs. I mean, I think that production's still within him. I mean, he still has a very high exit velocity and he can hit the ball out of the park. It just, you know, he needs the right luck. He needs the right health. He needs everything to go right. It's baseball. Yasmani Grandal is capable of hitting 30 home runs if he's able to stay healthy. He seemed like the catcher equivalent of Barry Bonds and like he almost be getting better at hitting home runs. He, he was phenomenal in 2021. You look at Luis Robert, I think he has true MVP potential this year. I think the way that he ended 2021 and you see the changes that he made to his batting stance, shout out Frank Minichino, but the, the what he was able to bring, I mean, that that's, I mean, Mike Trout power. He is so fluid and it's so effortless with Luis Robert. I don't really want to put a cap on how many home runs he could hit, but he's probably good for 30. Eloy is probably good for 35 with his tremendous power and that tremendous lower half. And outside of that, your weak spots are second base, which is typically a very, you know, zapped power position outside of Jeff Kent. And again, going back to yesterday, the two main problems seem to be DH and right field. And we're about to address those coming up next on Locked on Sox. But before, I just want to mention the defense. I think the White Sox defense needs to change. We mentioned Rick Kahn and what he said about shifting and his uh, his philosophy um, and what he said after the offseason. But again, I just want to bring some numbers. I mean, this team just stopped shifting flat out. Whatever Rick Kahn wants to say, there was a new manager instilled in 2021. And, and you know, from the 2019 to 2020 season, there was an increase in shifting. And then it just took a complete 180. In 2020, the White Sox shifted 185 times versus right-handed hitters. It's about 15.3%. In 2021, they shifted 202 times against right-handed hitters, about 5.8% of the time. 2020, a 60-game season, 185 times they shifted against right-handed hitters. 2021, New manager, 162 games, 202 shifts. I don't understand this. As someone who wasn't around for Tony's good old days and Tony's golden days and all this, I can only go back on you know what is available to me. And when I watched the 1983 Good Guys uh, Win Ugly documentary, the MLB made, Tony talks about in spring training how he wants to fix their defense. And how it's going to be relentless. And the players, I think even Harold Baines said it, you know, that the coaches they have are the best in the league. And I've been around, it maybe wasn't Harold because he wasn't around, but it was a player who moved around. And he said that, you know, I've been on different organizations and this, this 
staff is the best staff I have. And, you know, outside of Ethan Katz, I don't hear that often. I, I don't know if Tony is still having that fire and that passion to fix this team. And I, I'm really interested to see what he's going to do this spring training because defensively, this team needs positional help. This team does not have, you know, naturally good defenders. I would say the two that they have are obviously Luis Robert. And then I would also throw in Yohan Moncada. Adam Ingle is good, but he's not a starter typically. And Yasmani Grandal is also good, but I mean, defensive wise, he's not the best. You know, he's good at framing the catching part. It's a work in progress. But I think the White Sox truly need to look at their philosophy in shifting. And I don't know if this was something that Rick Hahn and Tony La Russa butted heads with throughout the season. He gave a very odd answer to the shifting question. And, you know, regardless of what's going on there, it needs to be changed. This team was effectively shifting when they were, and you just need to be more aggressive on it. You need to trust the data that you have and be aggressive with that data. If you are in the top 10 of shift effectiveness and you're worried about, you know, maybe you're going to start over shifting and some of the balls that don't land do land or vice versa, it just sounds like a cop out. If you have the best data and you are understanding and, and, and trusting the process that your front office has, you should be putting your players in the best position. Again, I'm, I'm somewhat sold on the fact that Andrew Vaughn could play right field. I just wonder if he can stay healthy for the entire season and if his bat can hold up for the entire season. But there's enough promise in, for me. I'd be fine with Andrew Vaughn being the White Sox starting right fielder in 2022. And then it just comes down to adding that talent and making sure that you are trying to replicate the 2020, off 2020 offense as much as you can. And I think that we will address that next here on Locked on Sox. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered with chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. And they're high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. I know Lockdown Sox listeners know Built Bar from Tanny and Herb's relationship with them. I know I know Built Bar from my relationship with Tanny and Herb. I show up to work at the 670 The Score Studios, and in every drawer, there's probably a loose Built Bar. I know Tanny and Herb were always bringing Built Bars around. I've seen every flavor, raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. Tanny wouldn't stop talking about his favorite flavor, the German chocolate cake. Because it gave him the extra fuel he needed to get through the day. So this holiday season, stock your stuffings with a few Built Bars. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Just jumping in to say here that I could do a pretty cool, like, truck ad read to this song. Welcome back to Locked On Socks. Thank you for making Locked On Socks your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are going to head into the Bit Workshop. I welcome you all to White Sox Therapy. Here at White Sox Therapy, we aim to heal the White Sox-related disorders you or your team may have. 
Today, we address poor production from right field and the designated hitter positions. You may ask yourself, how did I get here? Or what is White Sox right field related disorders? Well, they're also known as Eatonitis, and they have recently stemmed from you know around 2019 because the White Sox have the second worst weighted runs created plus from the right field position in the entire MLB. Similar disorders have been found in Pittsburgh. A more severe case of Eatonitis has been termed White Sox designated hitter disorders, more commonly known as Remember A.J. Reed? Since 2019, the White Sox DH position has produced the 28th best performance in the MLB. Out of 30 teams, 28 out of 30. Only 15 of those have the DH position. 4.05 a.m., Tuesday, December 7th, Blink-182's Feeling This plays. Yeah, the one from Madden 04. Dear Diary, I can't stop thinking about Kyle Schwarber on the White Sox. I'm pretty sure I'm now on the train that after the lockout ends, the Sox will sign Kyle Schwarber, he will hit 40 home runs, and possibly win MVP. Reasons it could happen? Kevin Garnett ingrained in me that anything is possible. Jeff Kent, I mentioned yesterday guaranteed rate field had the highest park factor for home runs for left-handed hitters. Imagine Kyle Schwarber in that type of environment. Jeff Kent, and the final reason I think that Kyle Schwarber could hit 40 home runs and possibly win the MVP with the White Sox in the 2022 season, Jeff Kent. Did someone say Jeff Kent? Yes, me, five different times this episode. I mentioned Jeff Kent now for a sixth time because he was the most recent example of a future AL or ML MVP that did not receive an MVP vote before the age of 28, who would later go on to win the award. Jeff Kent received his first votes for MVP consideration for his 1997 season. He won the award at age 32 for his 2000 season. If the White Sox signed Kyle Schwarber and he wins the AL MVP award in 2022, he'd be the first player since 1984 AL Cy Young and MVP winner Willie Hernandez to have his first year of tallying votes lead to an award win. Diary, you know I get so insomniatic about the White Sox and I toss, I turn, I toss, I turn. I really can't shake it. And really to emphasize this bit that I'm now convinced the White Sox should sign Kyle Schwarber barring a locked out 2022 season. I speak to you with a mustache. To those who know me, you can possibly picture it. If you've never seen me and only have a picture of me in your head, that picture should now include my mustache. In honor of 2000 NL MVP Jeff Kent and future 2022 AL MVP Kyle Schwarber, who will split time with Andrew Vaughn in right field and maybe Gavin Sheets at DH, go Sox. Write in what White Sox related disorders you may have or have found into LockdownSox at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 312-566-8727. This is Locked On Sox, your daily White Sox podcast. We will be back tomorrow. Hopefully the lockout ends. Fingers crossed, but hopes are not held high. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. 
I'll talk to you tomorrow on Lockdown Socks.